I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivam Putt. And I am astounding game designer, <laughs> Gavin Gray. <laughs> and we are Commander in. Do, 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 do. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Roanoke Internet Access. I mean, Hearthstone. I've, I've heard rumors that they have internet in Roanoke, but <laughs> I have, I'm not entirely sure myself. Yes. <laughs> uh, you've somehow managed to cobble together an internet connection, and we're really grateful you did. Yeah, I've got like a hanger with like some string and a wire running from the back of my laptop into the heater. Now, I don't know why there's internet coming out of the heater, but it's just, I just, I found the right spot and it's all working. Hey, you know, wherever the internet comes from, we are grateful. The little internet dwarves live in the heaters here in Roanoke. I mean, let's Uh, face it. We really can't identify where the internet comes from anyway. Right. Do you ever think about how you're just surrounded by tons of wi-fi signals at all times yeah like if you could yeah. s- imagine if you could see wi-fi there was wasn't what there was one of those superhero shows that had the guy who could like see radio waves and wi-fi and stuff and i can only imagine that would just drive somebody completely crazy like if you were just surrounded by waveforms all the time that was just like no well can't do it i you you wouldn't be surrounded by waveforms so much as you would constantly have spotlights pointed at you and can you imagine, we don't even know the health risks of any of this yet. Like, we're all going to grow up and be like, oh, we gave ourselves cancer. That was fun. Maybe our children will be able to just connect to the internet without any extra need, needs, right? They, they also have built-in Wi-Fi. Yeah. I mean, Let's hope. it basically feels like it. <laughs> Let's hope. So, uh, listeners and viewers, you are by no doubt aware uh, that we have a very special guest with us to this episode. Uh, <laughs> Shivam wrote our globe-trotting fave, Wizards of the Coast designer Gavin Verhey. You're actually a product architect, right? My business card reads senior game designer and product architect. So you're both correct. Uh-huh. Oh, so you've all you. done a great a great service there. And I am coming to you all live from SCGCon out here in Roanoke, Virginia. Despite yeah. my little ribbing earlier, I actually have enjoyed Roanoke a bit. This is my third uh, time out here for SCGCon. I always have a great time coming out here. There's uh, some quaint little restaurants. It's a very cool little town. Star City Games is based here. The convention's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be playing Magic and giving panels all weekend. And I'm excited to play a bunch of Commander. And plus, this is the weekend Modern Horizons is having its pre-release. So they are having some live pre-releases this weekend. And I cannot wait to walk around and see all the players playing with the set. Yeah, so cool. That's very cool. Um, We are talking about Modern Horizons tonight. And uh, that's because this really isn't a modern set, is it? It's Commander Horizons. (laughs) I mean, like, look, we had Commander Bond already. And then we had War of the Commander, and now we have uh, Commander Horizons. <laughs> the, the, the community's hobby is putting the word commander in front of things. You know, I think I think it's interesting. We've talked about this a lot at work, um, which is Wizards of the Coast, um, that 
Commander has kind of taken over as the de facto casual format, right? If you're yeah. playing Magic and you're not playing in a tournament, you're probably playing Commander, which is awesome. Commander is huge. Um, because of that, now that it has a name, though, anytime there's a set with a lot of cards that are just great for casual play, it feels very Commander. No one ever called the set Casual Masters or Kitchen Table Masters or whatever they might have called it before. But now that it's got this really strong label, anything that doesn't make it into other formats, it's like, oh, well, this is for the Commander players. And, um, you know, when we make a magic set, we're going to make some portion of the cards targeted at top-level constructed play, like Modern Horizons, where there's a number of cards that will be very strong in Modern. And I think there's many that players haven't even found yet that will be really strong in Modern, frankly. Um, but, of course, there's going to be more cards in the set. You don't want 100% of the cards to be heavily impacting the Modern, and those cards are naturally going to flow into Commander. Why not make the, a lot of those cards things that are either good for draft or good for the Commander format? And that's why I think you see Modern Horizons having so many great cards for commander now i actually want to key off of that for a second because there's two things here first off i would buy cases of any packs called kitchen table masters just putting it out there <laughs> but second um i think that there's like a lot of weird disdain for commander from people i've noticed this since i joined the cag that people are like oh man this is all casual commander stuff and it's like commander plays really strong cards people like Commander doesn't just play weird, gimpy, like only for limited cards. We like our format has some of the most powerful cards in Magic, and you can actually play them, right? Like, like Commander is not just low level. I'm throwing my pile of goblins of the flarg at your pile of goblins of the flarg. Uh, yeah. You could do that if you wanted to. Well, that, um, that's the tricky thing about Commander, isn't it? That it's a format where almost everything is legal. You can play some of the most powerful busted cards in Magic, and simultaneously. Because it's a casual format, or it's you know a, a fun multiplayer play format, you don't have to play the most powerful cards in Magic. If you want to fill your deck with Goblins of the Flarg, because you have your goofy Goblin theme deck, you can. If you want to play your Legacy Weapon theme deck full of cards from the Weatherlight era, you can. And if you just want to, if you're building a strong Esper Control deck and you just want to slot in the new Planeswalker because you think it's sweet, you can. So it, it rides this very unusual line. Um, but as a result, it can be very hard for cards, at least on raw power level, to break into Commander. And you need a kind of high-powered set like a Modern Horizons to create a true bevy of cards that go into um, to the format. The other thing about a set like Modern Horizons, and to a lesser extent, War of the Spark, is they're full of very unique effects. And when I make a new ramp effect... It has to compete in Commander against every other ramp effect we've ever made. And it's super hard to be, hey, is it better than Cultivate, Rampant Growth, any two-mana Signet, right? Like, there's a million, so many effects, just tons and tons of effects it has to compete against. Where when you make some weirdo mashup mechanic card, when you make a Throws of Chaos, there is no other card in Magic that does that. So it has nothing to compete against. If that's the effect you want, this is the card that you want. Um, and so to me, there's a, that's a really big difference, too, is... Modern Horizons and War of the Spark just have a lot of very unusual effects and very unique cards that you can't replicate other places. Yeah, and I think that's actually one of the strengths of Modern Horizons and Battle Bond, especially that Commander has been flush with or like infused with incredibly new cards that show up here. But it's just it's really disheartening to see from the community, for instance. Like I think people don't realize that Commander is like one of the most, if not the most played format there is right now. And uh, people are just like, oh, commander players, blah. And I'm like, man, your vintage players and your modern players and your standard players all carry a commander deck with them to do something between rounds, right? Like, 
we're not just the people sitting out in the kitchen outside of the GP. We're the people playing in the GP as well. And I don't know. I'm just, I've become very defensive and protective of my format. I'm just saying Commander's great. Modern Horizons is a Commander format. And I guess that leads to my bones. The one bone I have is Wizards of the Coast has said things like, oh, these sets are directed at different people. But as a Commander player, every set is directed at me. So I'm just putting it out there. There is no set that is not for Commander. But this one is especially for us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my soapbox. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, before we get to our main topic, which is Modern Horizons 1, if uh, you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to share this with a friend. And uh, you share them with a friend, show them how to subscribe, and uh, then also point them to our YouTube channel, which uh, some of you are watching right now. And uh, again, you know, you click that button in order to uh, uh, subscribe and get notifications, and then Every uh, episode, you'll be you'll be filled with the happiness of Christmas, like that moment, or or whatever holiday you you enjoy, <laughs> in which you share wrapped presents. Arbor Day, Arbor Day, Rock Shav, as I celebrate on Tin Street, <laughs> as the Tin Street hooligan tells us. That's right. Uh, and uh, if you want to take the extra step. <laughs> of uh, supporting us financially, please go on over to commanderandmtg.com slash donations. How nice that is. That, uh, you know, you can donate as little as a buck a month. And uh, depending on how you do it, that's all three of the ways to donate. That's Patreon and PayPal and GoFundMe, all on one easy-to-find page. What a good idea that was, Shiva. What a concept. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And uh, while you're there... 70 episodes and we finally got to it yeah yeah right (laughs) uh and while you're there go over and uh, click on the merchandise link and pick up a play matter shirt um they're inexpensive and they're pretty lovely and uh probably by the time this drops we'll actually have a a bevy if you will of shirt options up there um and your donations and purchasing uh shirts and stuff uh help us keep the lights on in podcast yeah uh did you say something gavin Shivam, I just have a question. I was just—I've been thinking about it for the past forty-five seconds. And I, think it's, I think it's extremely important that I ask it. Assuming that each of us uses one hundred percent of our brain, which we probably do, or something like that, what percentage of the, of the brain space that we have is dedicated to esoteric facts about magic flavor text? <laughs> way way too much it's just, it's just like a ton right like we are we are the cookies like that's the cookies on the computer that is taking up a lot of space it's like oh <laughs> yeah i can exactly i can quote tin street hooligans crap. flavor text from guild pact yes i'm glad i know this <laughs> thanks brain where are my keys no idea but this is very important <laughs> yeah dude all i know is that when you look at segovian angel from modern horizons and you see that Wurzel and Fomil are in the flavor text. And the part of your brain that remembers that those were the first two planeswalkers from the Alpha Rulebook, that is the most useless information. That is literally the least useful information you could have in your head. <laughs> and yet, here we are. <laughs> Do you know the game Mastermind, the British game show Mastermind? Yes. I think that'd be really fun to do with a magic one, right? We should do that at a Where, That would be hella fun. Yeah, you just people try and hit you with escalatingly hard questions about magic, and you see how many of them you can nail. Anyway, uh, perhaps a, a special game show edition. We should this. do that at Vegas, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should do I'm hoping it's super fun. I'm hoping I can make it to Vegas this year. Are both of you folks going? Yes. Yes. It is Commander Weekend. Literally the weekend that Commander 20, whatever this year is, comes out. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I think like every big commander group is going to be there. Half the rules committee, two thirds of the CAG. Uh, it's going to be a business, man. I guess I should be there. Yeah. Why aren't you going to be there? It's There's like special commander stuff happening. Yeah. Actually, I can think of a lot of reasons why I should be there. Okay, I, I should probably be there. <laughs> I'll, I'll look into tickets immediately after this podcast. Yay! We've convinced <laughs> also, him. Shane. I just, I was just scrolling through the site and I realized that King of the Pride in Modern Horizons makes all of your other cats bonus to buy equivalent to a Savannah Lions. Yes, that makes me super happy. And itself has a Savannah Lion body. Yeah, I know. I love that. That makes me so happy. All right, Shivam. You're, you get two guesses as to what the playtest name of this card was. Uh, King Savannah Lion? You're basically there. You're basically there. It was called The Lion uh, King. The Lion King. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, you might understand Fair. reasons why that wasn't going to fly. Um, I couldn't possibly imagine why you wouldn't be able to call something The Lion King. Yeah, because clearly... Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Although I do love that the Lion King dies to Scar. The card Scar kills <laughs> off the Lion King, which is the best. I love that. That so is much. that's cute. That's real cute. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Phil. You were going to plug something. Yeah. So we have uh, we have sponsors beyond our. Um, our uh, patrons, and we are very grateful for all of our patrons, of course. Uh, we were joined, uh, now it's two months ago, actually, by Quiver Time, who produced the wonderful Quiver. We can't show you because we're not doing uh, the, the video for this particular episode, but we have these wonderful deck boxes that are called Quivers. They hold like five commander uh, decks, or, as I use it, like a commander deck and then a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, accoutrement, if you will. Fancy dice, not so fancy dice. Extra cards, blank token cards. Tokens. All sorts of stuff. Um, and a playmat. Yeah, you hold a playmat in it along with some other stuff. And uh, your mileage may vary, listeners, but one thing is for sure. You can do much, much worse than owning a quiver. They are amazing. They look beautiful. And uh, they are sponsoring our giveaways. So once a month we do a giveaway... And uh, we uh, just did one, and we're going to travel through time to name the winners from our Twitter contest. Let's hear from the future, if you will. Hi, this is Phil from the future, or I guess closer to the present. It's it's so confusing, all this wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I'm here to tell you who won our May Quiver giveaway contest using hashtag a quiver because we were and are a quiver with excitement. Entrants had to retweet our post with that hashtag and tell us how they were going to use their quiver and our sleeves. So let's get to it. The winner of a box of fine quiver time Artemis sleeves, those are their sleeves with the matte black backs, is... Colt Baldridge, who is at thy madre on Twitter. Colt says, I would use a quiver 
to safely store my cube. Well, good luck, Colt. This, uh, these sleeves are certainly going to go a long way toward doing that. I think uh, a box of these contains 300 sleeves. So, let's move on to the winner of a fine quiver. That's the, uh, the box, right? The entire, the entire deck case, if you will, that holds multiple decks or other accoutrement as Shivam and I use it. Uh, and as a reminder, the winner can choose any color available. So, the winner is... Tithega. That's at Tithega on Twitter. T-I-T-H-E-G-H-A. Tithega says, I would use hashtag a quiver to get my decks off the bookshelf where my four-year-old can reach and Artemis sleeves on my new Thelon hmm, commander deck to keep the spores off. Well, good luck with that. I don't think you want the spores to stay off, but, you know, maybe it works out. Congratulations to both Colt and Tithega. I hope you enjoy your quivers as much as I do mine. Thanks once again to Quiver Time for sponsoring this giveaway. We'll see you next time with our June giveaway, hashtag a token a quiver. Now back to the show. Congratulations, everybody. Uh, the two winners are uh, wonderful, and we appreciate your participating uh, in this contest. We're going to have a giveaway contest in June. And uh, Shivam, we should figure out what that contest is. <laughs> Yeah, if you have any ideas for interesting contests, <laughs> but really, I, 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 we just had one, the Mastermind. It's time. Yeah. That would be a real call. Mm, maybe at Vegas, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, Quiver yeah, yeah. has been a fantastic partnership, and we're really grateful for them. And frankly, I use their products personally. I would do so without the sponsorship, but I'm even happier to be able to be sponsored by them and say that these things rock. Well, you were using Especially them. for air travel. You, you, yeah, I was. Yeah, you were using them. That's how we, we got to the sponsorship because you posted about it and I was like, oh, let me do some research. And I looked into it and it was just incredible. Dude, it makes air travel with magic cards so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just one of the biggest pains in our thighs. Yeah. But, um, but after that, yep. there is a bit of news, though, before we go into Modern Horizons. Oh. There was a big announcement just made mm -hmm. that uh, Commander will now be moving to the London Mulligan, which is basically what everybody expected would happen, because uh, when Commander moved to the Vancouver Mulligan, the, show, uh, the notes that uh, Sheldon Menery made were that, hey, we want to keep it consistent with the rest of Magic, and Partial Paris is broken. So here we are with the Vancouver Mulligan. And then once the London Mulligan shifted, it's like, you don't need extra brain space to decide that this format has this mall and that format has that one. So we decided everybody's going to go London Mulligan. Realistically speaking, when I'm playing Commander, the Mulligan rule I use is just draw the next seven until you've got playable seven. Who cares? Let's play a game. But that's not the way a lot of people like to do it, and it's not the way we formally do it. So from now on, London Mulligan it is. Well, so there it is, listeners. And uh, and viewers, it's the London Mulligan. If you don't have any uh, experience with it yet, um, uh, you oh, yeah, probably so... should before you go to a GP or <laughs> Magic Fest. Yeah, so uh, really briefly, if you guys don't know what the London Mulligan is, it's uh, you take these seven cards in your hand, shuffle them back into your deck, draw the next seven, and then you return N cards to the bottom of your library where N is the number of mulligans you've taken. 
So if you take one mull, you draw another seven, and then take one of those seven cards and put it underneath. If you have two mulls, you put two of those cards underneath, so on. Uh, we tried it out at GPLA. It was pretty cool, but realistically, I mean, nobody likes to mull when you're playing Commander. It's a casual format. There's nothing on the line. Just play and just grab seven and don't cheat, and we'll be fine. I have, you know, it's interesting. I spell sling a lot, and whenever I play against someone with Commander, I always just ask, what mulling system do you use? And different people do different things. Some people still partial Paris. Some people just use the normal mulligan. I'll never forget the person I played against who is like, yeah, in our play group, everybody just mulligans till they have Sol Ring in their opening hand because it's fair. Um, <laughs> so, you know, your play group, do whatever is right for you. Um, also, that does remind me, thank you, Gavin. Uh, the commander rule is different in that in commander, everybody gets a free mulligan. So, even with the London Mulligan, you still get the first ones free. So uh, keep that in mind. Is And that's because it's the, the free multiplayer Mulligan, not just because yeah, it's Yeah, exactly. Good. It's a free multiplayer right. Mulligan. Um, but I was thinking, I was playing against my coworker the other day, and I was like, ah, let me teach you about the mulls that we did as a child. See, six cards and a Maze of Ith means you can't Mulligan because that's a land. And he's like, why would you ever play like that? And I'm like, because we didn't know better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've come uh, a long way since since that mulligan rule do you want to explain how that mulligan rule works hey yeah all land or none <laughs> okay come on since we're doing mulligans of years gone by <laughs> i'm sorry i thought this was uh mulligan horizons yeah but anyways so we've picked a handful of cards that we found really interesting about modern horizons so uh so listeners we chose some cards, and we'll see how many we can get to because uh, we need to save time to return to the mulligan topic. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we should mulligan each of these selections down to two cards. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll choose only we'll two cards. We'll put them cards. on the bottom of the uh, show deck. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so we've chosen <laughs> a number of cards, the number which shall now be two, so everybody get ready for that. Um, first... Three non-legendary cards that uh, we want to brew around, and I guess since we're uh, we're trimming it, we'll only do two. So now uh, we'll have to pick the best of two of three. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but can I just say something really fast? Yeah, that's a fun story related to Mulligans. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, so, please. so if your listeners at home, you don't know this, but. Right now, we have open a, a makeshift PowerPoint where we can see everyone's um, cards that they've selected, which is also called a deck, right? Because the PowerPoint deck is what it's called. Um, and if we take them and put them at the bottom, it'll be just like the London Mulligan. So we take <laughs> cards, put them at the bottom of the deck. It's so appropriate. Um, the, the story I wanted to tell is, so there's all these other meanings for deck, right? One of them, of course, is PowerPoint deck. At work, that happens all the time. But the bigger one to me is a different kind of meaning. And I'd say about once a week, eh, maybe once every other week or so, I get an email on LinkedIn from someone who's like, hey, here's the deal. I've got this deck. It needs some repair. The yeah. wood is creaking. What's up? <laughs> uh, you've been, you're one of the highest endorsed people on LinkedIn for deck building. You really know what's going on. <laughs> like, can you come out and fix my deck for me? Or do you know someone who can fix my deck? And I just... You know, I never reply, but someday I'm going to be like, yes, I'll be there. And I'm just going to show up with like some commons and some sleeves and be like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Uh, 
<laughs> That's great. <laughs> we we occasionally get spam from uh, deck builders and patio uh, builders, like uh, at our main at our main account, because we yeah. also we you know we're we're not known for being deck builders, but we do absolutely turn up in those searches. I'm just sure there's that, some guy out there who builds wooden decks for a living who gets all these emails all the time about people trying to like how many lands should I play in my deck or whatever. He gets so frustrated. Like the other guy's <laughs> out there somewhere. I know he's out there. If you're listening to this other guy, let's think up. We can make a little arrangement here. <laughs> well, there, there are some magic players on my uh, Twitter feed who do build decks like for their houses. And it's always fun to watch them try to like just talk about deck building. And then you're like, which one is it going to be? <laughs> you should. I hope someone builds a deck for their house out of magic cards. That would be just perfection. I cannot ask for probably not not get you very far. Uh, listeners and viewers, fans, if you will, if you've built a deck for like your backyard out of magic cards, or even if you've just resurfaced one or any surface resurfaced with magic cards, send us a picture. <laughs> I, I have a friend whose a floor in one of their rooms is uh, made out of magic cards. Whoa. It's kind of cool. That's pretty neat. So. <laughs> Modern Horizons. So speaking of Modern Horizons. That's coming yeah, up. so uh, we're, we're going to talk about first these uh, three, I mean two interesting two. cards that are not right. legends. Because the legends are so interesting, all of them, that you know it's so easy to, to say, yeah, we're going to brew around this. So let's talk about that. Which, Shivam, what two cards are you going to brew around? Okay, so um, the one that I wanted to talk about first is Tectonic Reformation. The one in a red enchantment oh. where uh, it says each land card in your hand has a cycling for a red. And then the card itself has cycling too. And the cycling mechanic, of course, from Amonkhet and before being uh, pay X, discard a card and draw a card. I love cycling. Yeah. I think it's amazing. But also red's biggest flaw in uh, magic so far has been or not magic in commander has been the fact that it loses velocity real quickly, right? Like it doesn't have a lot of ways to draw cards that aren't just wheel of fortune type effects. And tectonic reformation solves two problems. One, it helps you get rid of all the lands in the late game that do nothing for you. And two, it lets you draw cards. It's amazing. This is so exciting that it opens up a whole new world of red decks in commander for me. And, like, I know this is going to slot right into my soldiers, my Boros soldier deck, but beyond that, it just makes me far more excited to actually play red now, which I was not expecting to see. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. I didn't realize you picked this. I did not pick it either, but it's a really good card. No, the, when I saw this, I was like, this is going to be, like, uh, I mean, I don't want to, like, go too far, but I think this is going to be a staple going forward, really. Because it's just, it's cheap and it's so effective at helping Red manage a couple of different um, problems it has. Well, in addition to just being good in Red decks too, this is awesome on all your Lands Matters decks, right? If you have like yeah. Life from the Loam rolling, you can do all kinds of ridiculous things with this. Oh yeah. Like Angry Omnath or in uh, some kind of like Lord Windgrace deck, yep. this is going to be amazing. Or if you've got, what's the other one? Seismic Assault, where you can sacrifice Lands to do damage. Like, these two cards together, I think you could do some fun things with. Yeah, that's really sweet. I, Escape Shift. I, I saw this one and definitely wanted to put it into my Lord Windgrace deck. I have a Lord Windgrace deck that I put in, uh, that I used in my uh, league. And, uh, yeah, it's just really nice and it needs this card. 
yeah, I don't know. I was just like, I saw that and I was like, this is going to be way ignored and it shouldn't be because hmm. this card is going to be great. Yeah, good call. I mean, yeah, you can definitely build the, you know, the Lands Matter theme deck with cards like Tectonic Reformation and Seismic Assault, things like that. Although I would be a little wary just because at some point they stop synergizing with each other. You know, like Seismic Assault and Tectonic Reformation in play is kind of a non-bow. Um, yeah. But uh, another place to look are all the Cycling Matters cards. Like if you go back to like Lightning Rift or Astro Slide or the new Astral yes. Drift, this just means you get to just turn those on so many times, which is really, really cool. Or what's that blue one from Almond Cat Block that lets you get uh, two one flyers? Or um, a Drake Haven, or you could do yeah, there's yeah. Drake Haven. There's the one that drains them. Um, so yeah, with any of those, it's really good. This card is especially the Black great. Demon. Oh yeah, right, yeah. So pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, no, this guy, this card's got a lot of uh, utility in a lot of different directions. Yeah, neat. There's um, also what's the card from Almond Cat? One B, return to your hand all cards that you cycle or discarded this turn. You just imagine just like oh. cycling a bunch of cards and playing this, bring them all back. That sounds fun. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> so, can you talk a little bit about why you guys put cycling into this? Into the set? Yeah. Because it could have every mechanic. And so Fair. we put a bunch of them in. Um, so, <laughs> Modern Horizons. Yeah, so I, I'm actually just going to hijack your section here to talk a little bit about Modern Horizons. Um, because Goodness. the set is awesome. And it started off as a pitch for Time Spiral 2. And it eventually did morph into this thing where it's modern legal and all this. But um, really what the, the soul of the design one was was this Time Spiral 2 thing. So um, it used the modern card pool as a restriction. So all the mechanics have to show up in modern legal magic sets somewhere. But other than that, it could use mechanics however it wanted. So you've got all kinds of weird one-off mechanics showing up here. And then you get to just do things like cycling. So if you want to write cycling on a card like this, you absolutely can. And that's something a lot different than how we make a normal standard legal set where you've got a few mechanics that you build around and actually feels a lot more, to your earlier point, like a commander fixed deck product only blown out over a booster set because there's so many cards with weird, wacky mechanics. And yeah, I mean, cycling is one of players' favorite mechanics and we brought it back, brought it back here. The card you were thinking of, by the way, the instant was Shadow of the Grave, a rare from Almanket that returned to your hand all cards in your graveyard that you cycled or discarded this turn. Yeah, yeah, Which baby. sounds absurd. Yeah, that's crazy. With this card. Yeah. And the second card I wanted to talk about was... Um, God, these both cards are so good. Choose one. But, <laughs> choose wisely. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. I play a Zombies deck. Uh-huh. Zombies is one of the most popular deck archetypes out there. You see it a lot all the time. And uh, this card, Fallen Shinobi, that just came out, mm. which is just on its face, a 5-4 five, for 5, Zombie Ninja, which, okay, you've already sold me, <laughs> but right? uh, for Ninjutsu, a 4. So whenever um, Fallen Shinobi deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top two cards of the library, and you can play those cards without paying their mana costs. That is so much fun. Yeah. Like, stealing other people's cards and playing them, and if you don't play them, just exile them forever, and you're doing it two at a time? That's insane. And the fact that, like, there's so many ways to, like, get your guys unblocked. You know, you've got your Whisper Silk Cloaks, you've got your Rogue's Rogues Passage, uh, all these other things you could do. This card just seems like, in any kind of, like, Demir deck or a Zombies deck or a Ninja deck, this is going to be just great. It just seems really, really fun to build around, and it hits like a truck and does a 
really great effect. So, Gavin, did you see that there was uh, some weakness around zombie ninjas in modern? Yeah, we, we just looked at the we we like ran the math, looked at the Magic Online data, we threw some darts, and we're like zombies and ninjas. That's what we're missing. <laughs> That's the thing that the archetype really needs to come together. There's a we just need that, that bridge card and make it all happen. You know, um, part of the fun of doing a time spiral esque set is you just get to do a bit of random nonsense that makes people smile, and. And normally in a set, it's like, well, where is this from? What planet is it on? And here it's like, yeah, just don't worry about it too much. Make a sweet magic card. And so we got to do this one. We got to do the Naga Ninja, right? Um, and there's just a bunch of really neat stuff where, well, uh, really where is it? Could be anywhere. Uh, we don't really know yet. But it's fun that we got to play around with it a little bit and create a lot of possible worlds. And then the other cool thing is, not unlike Future Sight, years from now, we'll probably pay some of this stuff off. Where it's like, oh, actually, this is the world that the zombie ninjas are from. Come and check it out. Neat. Yeah, can't wait for that. In the meantime, though, we should be enjoying Modern Horizons 1. MH1. 1. <laughs> so, so, Gavin, you too pick three, I mean two cards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the thing about the set that I've mentioned a few times now are the throwbacks. And while there's a lot of really cool stuff in Modern Horizons with weird, wacky combinations of mechanics... I'm personally very warm and fuzzy and nostalgic for those especially time spiral feeling cards that are either reprints from the past that I just love and have very fond memories of or things that are very reminiscent of some of my favorite cards. Mm-hmm. And I've selected two cards that do that here. One of them is my favorite magic card in the actual game of Magic the Gathering, Future Sight, which is reprinted here. It's now modern legal. Now this isn't a new card. It's not like a card you couldn't play with in your commander decks before, but I think this can introduce it to a whole new generation of players, potentially. The card is incredibly powerful. For five mana, you play with your top card revealed forever as an enchantment, and you can just play it as though it was in your hand. So it's basically just the top card of your your deck is always in your hand, so you get free land drops off of it. You can draw a ton of cards off of it with a card draw spell. You can cast creatures. There's all kinds of fun timing tricks you can do where if you cast the top card of your library and then in response you cast the next card of your library before the draw spell resolves. There's so much fun stuff you can do with it. And then, of course, if you really want to get down and dirty, there's mini combo decks you can build that churn through your library quickly with Future Sight, playing things like zero mana cost artifacts and so on and so forth. Um, So... I just love this card, and I'm glad that it's now not only modern legal, but a whole new generation gets a chance to play with the fun that is Future Sight. Did, did you pick it just because it's fun? Is, is that is that not is that not good good enough reason? I just like it because it's a fun magic card. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that so wrong? Uh, what no. were you hoping? Is there a deep ulterior motive behind why I chose it? Yeah, like maybe <laughs> is there some kind of archetype that you uh, really wanted to support or uh, build into modern? Yeah, I call it winning the game. I really <laughs> like, I really like playing cards that win the game. No, actually, um, in modern, I really don't predict this card is going to be that strong. Maybe it shows up as like a one of its blue eye control or something like that. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to try and brew some bad bad deck with it. There's this um, pseudo famous. To the old grognards like me deck from um, Odyssey era, Odyssey onslaught era called Tight Sight that was invented in part by Brian David Marshall, and that deck is a fun trip if you ever go look up the deck list. The way that it works is basically you turbo milled yourself and played cards in your deck as quickly as possible, played a future site, and then you looped 
um, the same cards over and over to generate infinite mana and then play whatever cards you wanted. Basically, there was a, a card that shuffled cards from your graveyard back into your library, and so you would always target itself, another copy of itself, and then early harvest, untap all your lands, you'd make infinite mana, and then you would shuffle uh, whatever card you wanted from your graveyard back into your library, and then you could cast it because of the future of the future site. Anyway, um, stuff like that that is like a very convoluted combo deck has a special place in my heart, and... Let's let's do it again. Let's bring it back. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I already love Oracle Maldaya and Corsair Crucifix. So Future Sight is basically already in my uh good book. And I don't know, this card is just like you can do silly things with it. You can do really, really silly things with it. Being able to play the top card of your library is a lot stronger than you might think. It and is. five mana is not that big of a hurdle in uh EDH. Yeah. Right, so for five mana, you could like draw three cards or four cards or five cards with a lot of spells. Future Sight just says you have all the cards. Whatever the top card of your library is, you have it. So it's kind of, you know, just think of it as five mana, draw infinite cards. Um, <laughs> the, the other card I want to talk about is a, is a new card, but it's a throwback to one of my favorite cards, and that is a Vesper Lark. This is an uncommon, it's a three mana flyer in white. Uh, when Vesper Lark leaves the battlefield, you return target creature card with power one or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, and it has evoke for two mana. This is a throwback to the card Revelark, which is one of my most cast cards of all time. Um, it's a card that I really enjoy playing with a lot, and this is a yeah. small baby version of it. And it's really fun to think about, okay, how could I line this up to return a really cool one drop to the battlefield, or what infinite combos could I set up with this, or what kind of deck do I want to evoke it in? Um, and to me, it's just a great combination of functional card, card that inspires new decks and creativity, and also a throwback to the card that I love. So earlier today, a day of recording, my friend Ben posted a combo with Vesper Lark that he was just brewing randomly because he likes to play a lot of really super jank homebrew modern decks. And this one occurred to me that it would be super good in Commander 2, which is um, in Rides of the Eldrazi, there were all of those cards that had like, you know, converted mana cost of like eight or something that um what were they the they had a giant effect if you paid mana like this thing was seven and a green for a one one that if you paid one mana target creature got plus seven plus seven and um if you pitch it to the yard and bring it back with vesper lark that is not eight mana anymore that is now one mana or three mana that the vesper lark was mm-hmm. right or i think you're talking about suddenly, gigantomancer is that the card you're talking about it's something like that yeah um, yeah, the, the cool thing about this is, and the big key here, just like with Revelark, is it looks at power. Yes, power one Gigantomancer, exactly that. Yeah, and so it doesn't need to be a one mana cost creature. It's a power one creature. And of course, there's a lot of expensive to cast creatures that only have one or fewer power. So finding the combinations there is really, really cool. Yeah, like I when I first read it, I thought it meant CMC and not power. So I was like, oh, that seems okay. But then I looked at it again. I'm like, wait, power one or less is significantly more brutal. <laughs> like, hey, sure, just uh, grab that blood artist from the graveyard, or you know, any number of one power nonsense insanity. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, this is there's a, good a red black. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of things to do. I would love to know what our listeners have in mind because there are so many one power cards in Magic that can do things that you don't even think about. Because, like, I don't think that way. Yeah. Like, think about the fact that any card that comes to play with tokens is a zero zero or a star star. Those are under one power. 
That is pretty psycho to bring well, the into stars, play. Star stars might not be. Okay, yeah, within reason, I guess. But, like, I don't know. There's a lot of combo ability in there. I think there's a lot of neat tricks you can do. Yeah. All right, what um, do you got for us, Phil? Speaking of combos and neat tricks, uh, how would you like to bring four squirrel tokens into play? <laughs> oh, tell me more. I mean, do I ever? Yeah. So uh, the squirrels returning was beautiful. And the moment I saw this card, which is Deep Forest Hermit, uh, Hermit, not Hermert, uh, I got excited. See, I'm, I'm super excited. This, of course, um, is a throwback to Deranged Hermit. Um, three green green. You get an, uh, a 1-1 one, one, uh, elf druid with vanishing three. Very interesting. Um, it's a lot better than the, uh, what is it, the echo? Echo? Yeah, cost. Yes. And uh, when Deep Forest Hermit enters the battlefield, create four one one green squirrel creature tokens. And squirrels you control get plus one plus one. How about that? That's pretty sweet. This is, of course, uh, a throwback to uh, Deranged Hermit. Yeah, Deranged Hermit. And uh, that had an echo cost. This has Vanishing 3. And I would much rather have Vanishing 3 because the thing with Deranged Hermit is it dies because it's so fragile. Uh, so you never really play the play the echo cost unless you're... You know, you absolutely need it. But but this, it sticks around for three turns, and that's all you're going to get out of a 1-1 anyway. So, But it's done its job, and maybe you can blink it or recur it. Um, because, I'm just saying, Phil, Conjurer's Closet? Yep, exactly. Exactly. And you don't have to pay the echo cost. You never pay the echo cost. Why bother with Conjurer's it? Closet when we've got the new hotness in this set? <laughs> you know, oh my the... god, dude, that white the white flicker card that exiles one of their cards and then exiles and flickers one of your cards. That is bananas. Oh, I was, I, th- that, that card's solid, but I was talking about the three mana one, one creature that flickers every turn that is conjures closet on a creature. Yeah. That card is nutso. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I feel there's a lot of cards in this set that are blank on a creature. Like Harrow on a creature, for instance. Yeah. Harrow. Yeah. It's the, pretty good. The, Awesome, beautiful dwarf that I... And dwarf druid. So my second uh, card is Endling, because I like the Ling uh, cycle, if you will. For two in black, black, you get a, a, a zombie shapeshifter for 3-3, three, three, with a 3-3 three, three power and toughness, rather. Uh, for uh, all black animation uh, activation, for all black activation costs except the last <laughs> one, um, you can... Endling gets menace until end of turn, sure. Endling gains death touch until end of turn. That's cool. Endling gains undying until end of turn. And that is That's the one gross. that pays That's off. Gross. And then for one generic mana, uh, Endling gets plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one until end of turn. Yeah, but that uh, that undying is pretty good because you basically throw it at your opponent. If you've got two black mana available, it's like, uh, so what's it going to be? You're going to block with something that's not indestructible and I death touch it and then this gets undying anyway <laughs> dude yeah. Gavin I know that you've been on this weird personal quest to bring all the links to magic because bottle bond gave us uh, the white one and now we've gotten the black one and this is amazing yeah this is amazing I'm so happy to see this mega mega cycle finally finished yeah I mean we kind of you know it was dormant for a while after a thornling and then with Battle Bond, I rekindled it with the Brightling. 
Yeah. Um, it was, you know, I was at trying to figure out really cool mythic rares to make. I had a few holes in the set. I actually had a, had a white and a black hole in the set. And I asked Mark Rosewater, uh, what do players always ask? And he said, oh, yeah, for more lings. And I thought, of course. So I made um, I made Brightling. And then at the, around the same time, or n not that much longer afterward, Modern Horizons started getting kicked off. And, well, let's do put the black one here. So you figure you end the cycle with end ling. Ah, yep. You cracked the code there. <laughs> the one thing now that we I have multicolors. The one thing I still want to do is reprint Thornling with different art um, at some point, just because the art doesn't have the matching, the matching uh, gag going on that all the links that have. That always bugged me. Um, so at some point, we'll, I'll put it in a commander deck or something, and we'll we'll figure it out. But um, <laughs> that's the the one one last little tweak. Yeah, you could make gold ones. I'm sure we'll make multicolored ones. Um, you could make an artifact one, but the core cycle is complete. Oh God, is, where's yeah. my colorless one? <laughs> so a drawling. So then, the next category of cards are just cards we found interesting. Um, Kozaling, that's what you're going to call it. Kozaling, <laughs> and uh, we're going to push through these so that we can get to uh, the end of our show. The, the, basically. <laughs> But we're gonna push through these so we can get to the the last category. I mean, um, and it is I, I like, love I love the premise of we're gonna push through these so we can just finally be done with this thing. And you're like, crap, we got two more categories no, left. Uh, no, I'm, so I'm very aware that it's two a.m. where you are. Yeah, but I'm, you know what? I I love Commander in so much it doesn't bother me. Yeah, man, you you are always welcome at two in the morning to come talk Commander. I was gonna say you're my favorite two a.m. call, like. Just 2 a.m. <laughs> going through my phone looking for some late night action. I'm like, yeah, yeah. commander in. That, that, that's what I want to do. Bam, no problem. And, and you know we're here <laughs> got, for you. I got Phil and Shiva on speed dial. <laughs> Anytime you want, dude. If speed dial is a thing, no one actually has speed dial anymore, right? It's not like a thing. No, that's like literally just dialing. Yeah, yes. isn't speed dialing just dialing? <laughs> I don't even dial anymore. I just tell my phone to call people. M metaphors yeah, are I'm so funny. People say words that are so antiquated because anyway metaphors am i right be kind rewind my friend you wouldn't download a bear would you <laughs> so cards that i found interesting i want to start with one that i was just looking at like i can't believe this got printed uh, Hall of Heliod's Generosity a legendary land <laughs> which is totally meaningless to us uh that taps for a colorless, but also for one and a white and tap, put target enchantment card from your graveyard to the top of your library. Oh my god, yeah. are you kidding? <laughs> that seems gross. Yeah, I might run two enchantress decks, by the way. I, I might. I, I've kind of lost count. Dude, my Banchantress deck is like hovering between being just brutally CDH or like a secret Voltron deck, and I have yet to figure it out. But either way, this guy is slam dunk into it. Like, I love this card. The art is beautiful. And being able to recur enchantments all the time and not sacrifice this land seems completely bananas. Yeah. This is pretty crazy. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like it fits the set at all. Well, I guess there are some cool enchantments in the set. Like the new Daybreak Coronet. Super cool. Um Heliod giveth and Heliod taketh away. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Gideon. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, the Gideon spellbook is coming out in like two weeks. Yeah. Jesus. And your second oh, card. Yeah. I got to get that RKF Blackblade, am I right? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. And the the new uh, Jason Rest in Peace. Uh, but anyways, so the other card I was thinking about, uh, Nantuka Cultivator, you're going to have to wait. Uh, Force of Vigor. So the new Force set has gotten a lot of, um, the new Force cycle rather, has gotten a lot of buzz for the blue one, which is like the pseudo counter spell or whatever. But in as a commander player, I don't care about countering your spells. I care about destroying them. And what Force of Victor does is lets me exile a car green card from my hand and destroy up to two target artifacts or enchantments. That is fantastic. On your turn for free, effectively, to just pitch a green card from my hand to kill up to two artifacts and enchantments? That it seems just solid. <laughs> like, I'm trying to find the catch here, and this just seems really, really good. Yeah. It's really good. I don't think there's much of a catch there. It's just no. It just seems like this is great and solid staple card yeah. for a lot of. I mean, yes, green did not need more health, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a good card. Yeah, um, Gavin, your interesting cards. You may have mentioned one. I think. Yes. Well, I, I'm going to bring up a card I designed because I get to do that and I figure <laughs> if you got it, flaunt it. Um, Throws of Chaos. I absolutely love this card. It just has two words on it that aren't in italics, which are Cascade. <laughs> 63 words that are. And Retrace. And it's so much fun because you cast it for four mana. You don't know what you're going to get. You flip, 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 flip. And then next turn, I, just, I know every time you're going to look at your hand, you're going to be like... I should probably cast this spell, but like, what if I turn this land into another random spell? And you're like, cast it out of your graveyard, like flip, 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 you know? And um, I just love this kind of thing. I think also for Commander, though, to what you were saying earlier, Shivam, about um, Teutonic Reformation giving Red some late game action, this is a great way to make sure that if you draw too many lands, you're able to um, uh, turn those lands into more spells, which is super useful. Dude, I love this card. This is like everything, like, everybody's like, man, Commander's got too much variance. And I'm like, Commander does not have nearly enough variance. This, like, Cascade is just so much, I was playing at the Yidris deck the other day, and I love Cascade. It's so silly. So many dumb things can happen with Cascade. And being able to just Cascade retrace, it's gross. I love this card. Right, I'm so excited to jam it. It's like so much fun. What do you think are the best three commander mechanics of all time and don't say aura swap <laughs> best three commander as in like in commander yeah just just like keyword mechanics that besides evergreen mechanics what are like the three that you think are the best for for the commander format that you enjoy the most like is cast you know cascade might be one okay of them, so and it's not aura swap before the show by the way shiva made it said something that, that i just cracked up at which is i miss aura swap <laughs> Which is such a <laughs> on funny, one card ever. So, so funny. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, then in, right. on my list of my so no favorite commander mechanics, I would say that Cascade is definitely up there. Okay. Because um, I love Cascade. I think it's one of the just so much fun, so much chaotic way to do things. Uh, the second thing I would say is probably... Um, oh, goodness gracious, mechanics. Uh Myriad. Mm. Myriad is super fun to do. Mm. And then partner with. And partner. Oh, if yeah. that counts as a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty different, but I'll let them slide under under one umbrella. 
Yeah, I mean, those are great. You, you can combine commanders in interesting ways. I love the partner with construction because it puts a little more bounding bounds on it, but you still get that fun, yeah. you know, two commanders that play well together kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it helps uh, ease off the, like, kind of make the super broken combo by finding the Thrasios and friends right. to come into play. But I don't know, just, like, the fact that partner, for instance, like, all these things, I love chaos. I love random. I love Voltron. I love putting things together in weird ways. Which is why, like, partner, grab two halves of a deck, shove them together, and see what happens is amazing. But, yeah, I don't know. Throws of Chaos is just my jam forever. Shiva, I thought you, for Phil? sure you were going to say uh, your favorite mechanic was tap for two colorless mana. That's my heart, Phil. <laughs> that is not just a favorite. That is beyond favorite. That is a pretty powerful mechanic, I guess. That is a pretty powerful mechanic. Gavin, uh, <laughs> what's your second card? Wait, wait, Phil, what are your top top three commander mechanics? Oh, you want my top three commander mechanics? Yeah, just, just like what you I'm just curious for research um, purposes. Equip. Mm, that's and... just an evergreen mechanic. That's not, you can't choose that. What? Is that an evergreen mechanic? You can't, you you can't say flying. You, you can't change it after I've said No, he said mechanic. I can't choose evergreen mechanics. Oh, he did say that? Yeah. Oh, he must have broken up on my end or something. Um, Roll the tape. <laughs> let's see. Um,. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Persist because Ooh, I put a lot a of one. plus one, plus one counters on things and I like nice. being able to reuse that. Nice. Um, I So Persist in that sense. Uh, Evergreen mechanics. Oh, damn it. I should have said Proliferate. The, uh, the card, well, so that would be my favorite if it were a clean mechanic. Unfortunately, there, there, there are an ever-growing number of clean Proliferate cards. And we'll see. We'll see how often I use them. Um, uh, another is um, uh, I. Do I get to say mana doubling or mana increasing, like um, Mirari's Wake? Or is um, that too cheesy? Uh, no, not... but let's just say you can. Okay, so uh, that because I'm a green player and I need lots of mana. Um, and then it's not really. I I like impulse draw. Right, the red uh, card draw mechanic, where it's you reveal a certain number of cards from the top of your deck, and you have to cast them. But I really like the variation where um, that Itali uses, which is kind of impulse draw everybody else's cards, everybody's cards. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I really when impulse draw started becoming uh, more prevalent in sets, starting with that lava card, which I always forget the name of, but um, oh, commune with lava. Yeah, that's it. Commune with Lava. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. So from a commander perspective, what that really does is it opens up red as a more viable color. Mm. So. Yeah, I'm switching Myriad for Proliferate. I love spreading tokens. <laughs> like, that is my favorite thing to do in life. Support and Proliferate. <laughs> yeah, if only it weren't so closely associated with Phyrexia. Yeah, well, Hepatra doesn't care about your Phyrexian hatred. <laughs> <laughs> no Phyrexian War of the Spark. Or is there? Dun, dun, dun. Of course there is. It's always Merit Leash. It's always there. So yeah, your second card? Uh, Another card I want to bring up is Alpine Guide. To me, this is a really fun story. Um, You know, Modern Horizons, as I mentioned earlier, is like a very time-spirally thing. A celebration of a lot of different mechanics and places and locations and designs. And this this card's cool to me for a couple different reasons. 
The first reason is this is just an art piece that we've had for ages. Like this has been in what we call our slush folders, art that hasn't been used, um, that we commissioned an extremely long time ago. I think maybe for Cold Snap, maybe for something before Cold oh, Snap, like a really long time ago. And it's just been hanging out. And um, Modern Horizons actually was a really great time to go back and reuse a ton of really great slush art we had lying around because we could finally do setting agnostic stuff. So art that came back with a slightly wrong setting or that we didn't use in a very setting-specific area, we finally got to use again. And so to me, it's really cool that we got to use this old art piece. But even more over than that, um, Patrick Jarrett has pitched a card called Tricks Goblin to Magic R&D for years. <laughs> years and years and years and years. And it's and because he wants to use it with Kikijiki, where, and the card is when it comes into play, you get a mountain. When it leaves play, you lose a mountain. And um, finally, with Modern Horizons, it was the perfect time to do it. It fit the set. It was kind of goofy. It, it, you know, it worked as a card or whatever. And um, it, it's just, so this is taking a design that's been floating around the company for years and from a Patrick Jarrett, who, you know, he's not a core designer or anything, but, you know, he, he loves coming down and playtesting with us from time to time and finally getting it on a magic card. So to me, that thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I also like that you can fetch a dual land and pitch a normal mountain. That's right, darn too. And you can go eat your stomping ground, get rid of your, um, I don't know, mad, bla mad blind mountain or whatever you got lying around. <laughs> you, you ever played mad blind mountain? Are you, you, are one, you a bad enough dude? <laughs> Mad Blind, is that one of the ones that was like um, from Shadowmoor or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you know what it does? No, what? Oh, all right, all right. Oh, wait, see. here it is. Yeah, why, why don't you read off this beautiful card? Okay, so Mad Blind Mountain, it's a mountain that taps for red, comes to play tapped, and for red and tap, shuffle your, <laughs> shuffle your library. Play this ability only if you can tell two or more red, red permanents. What? Why does you, that exist? You could auto-generate cards less weird than this one. <laughs> <laughs> Robo Rosewater is sitting there going, yo, why are you stealing my shtick? <laughs> from from the Lantite Mountain to, which I get as part of a cycle, but from the Lantite Mountain to the excellent line of text, <laughs> shuffle your library, activate control two red birds. This what? card's never what? been reprinted. I can't imagine why. What, what's going on with this card? Can you name the other four in the cycle? Um, yeah, there's the uh, Mistvale Plains. Yeah, that's the good one. And then there's three other ones. Yeah, there's there's of course, um, what's it? Moonring, Moonring Island or whatever, Moonring Isle, where you can look at the top card of a player's library. There's um, Leech Bitten Swamp or something where you can make a player lose oh, a yeah. life. Yeah, don't they'll not to be forgotten. And then the green one, presumably. Um, Maybe he gets a creature plus one plus one. That sounds believable. Sapsy. <laughs> oh, you get you. Oh, you gain a life, right? Yeah, Sapsy Force. It's Sap Sapsy Force. You gain a life. Yeah. I, Gavin, I love the way you were just like. Maybe it gives a creature plus one plus one. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds reasonable. No, that's Okina. Okina Temple, or no? There's a green forest that lets you tap to give all the cre green creatures that came into play plus one plus one counter. That's Orin Reef, that's the best one, oh, oh, right? From Zen um, Zenikar, Zenikar, and, yeah. right? That's and a good then one. there's um, 
Okina Temple of the Grandfathers, which gives a legendary yeah. creature plus one plus one. But yeah, Sap Seed so, yeah. Forest. The moment the word Sap Seed left your lids, I knew we were on a one life gain run over here. <laughs> Just these are the most so, yeah. marginal lands you can imagine. They've all got the basic <laughs> land types, so you can fetch for them. Can you imagine if you're playing modern, the tear on your opponent's face, and you're like, turn one, Aaron Mesa, crack it, Mad Blind Mountain, go. Do you know, like, what is going on? Like, what's about yeah, to happen Yeah, you would be, like, you? terrified because something weird is about to happen. Like, is this, nothing good happens in your opponent's turn when Aaron is an out of mind I don't know what it is. I actually, have a, I actually have a use for this. I could put this in Itali to make sure, like, if Oh, I God, that would be top, amazing. Yeah. That would be so gross. totally picking this card up. I mean, it's, and it's like it, a dollar. No, it's a quarter. Not even a quarter. Someone will give it to you and say, take this. Yeah. Hey, listeners, I mean, someone send me a Mad Blind Mountain. <laughs> I mean, Sign it's it. not useless, right? If you have a deck full of, like, Brainstorms or Sensei's Divining Top or whatever, right? Yeah. It gives you free shuffles. But just, what a weird... Can you imagine you're a new player, <laughs> you open up one of your first booster packs of Magic, and this is the card that's staring back at you? You're like, what is this yeah, game? What it, the hell? <laughs> it reminds me of... Um, oh, what What is that card called? It's a single green-red... Oh, you know the name of this one, but in my defense, it's 2 a.m. Um, it's a single green-red hybrid mana, and it says, shuffle your graveyard, then return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. What? It's from, uh, seems... it's from Sh- Shadowmoor Eventide or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have two interesting cards. Shuffle your graveyard. Like, that's just such a... I love that Shuffle Your Graveyard has nothing to do with anything else. I mean, it, it's just there. So, also, the, I love that somebody decided Soldier of Fortune definitely needed to be on a land. Well, it's uh, it's because the uh, the Graveyard Order used to matter. You know that. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know why why they did that. And it's because um, people would... The way that it was actually a user-fix thing, right? The way that people would play the card is they would take the graveyard, shuffle it up, and present it to their opponent, but that would actually be like a game loss or whatever, because you or whatever, warning, because you messed up your graveyard. Nowadays, you don't have to care about graveyard order in non-legacy, non-vintage formats, so it's fine. Right. Um, what is the name of that card? I can't remember. All right, so Anyways. my interesting cards, uh, it's the first legend <laughs> we're mentioning, uh, the first sliver, for that matter. For uh, Wooburg, you get a 7-7 sliver, another legendary sliver. With, that has Cascade on it, because that's cool, right? Uh, but oh, even yeah. better, Sliver spells you cast have Cascade, so... I'm s- and one thing I didn't realize at first, when you play, uh, when you cast a spell with Cascade, that spell is being cast, yeah. which means that when you Cascade the first Sliver into another Sliver, that spell was cast, yes. so it gets Cascade again. Yes, that's disgusting. It is. It's 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 glorious if you're I want to build this deck yesterday. And that's why this is uh I I looked at this card and I was like, "Oh, this this is kind of like ripple if you do it right." Oh, um yeah. and then uh my second card is Feaster of Fools for 4 and black black you get a 3/3 three, three demon which doesn't sound great. Uh except it has Convoke. Look at that. And Flying and devour two. Hmm. Hmm. So it's conceivable you could cast this card for the low, low cost of tapping six creatures that you then devour <laughs> for two plus one plus one counters each time you devour it. That's gross. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's really gross. This card seems real unassuming, but it also seems like. 
it could come out really quickly and be really, really big. Mm hmm. It sure can. It devours the fools that tap to cast it. And if you're playing an aristocrat's deck, mm -hmm. then you can get even crazier and start just doing a ton of damage to people. Athreos would like to introduce you to their new friend, Feaster of Fools. So, <laughs> then we, we uh, listeners, we chose Vorthos cards, and uh, in the interest of time, we're going to do our best just to name them and describe the card. Oh, psychogenic but, prose. But I have to say really fast... Then not in the interest of time remotely. The card is Fossil Find. I just spent some time looking it up. It reads, I, I, mis, I misquoted a little bit. It's a single green-red hybrid mana. It reads, return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand, then reorder your graveyard as you choose. The card's actually fine, what? right? It's a, it's a single mana, and you get a random regrowth out of your graveyard. That's, that's not that bad. But you need to reorder your graveyard. You need to reorder your graveyard as you choose. Yeah, I was thinking of Psychogenic Probe, which is... Uh, Non-bow with that mountain. Whenever a spell or ability causes a player to shuffle their library, this does two damage to them. So, uh, <laughs> eat it, buddy. I love like, that. By the way, Soldier of Fortune Psychogenic Probe is totally an amazing combo. Do it. So, so we don't have cameras on for this episode, but I just imagine that like Shivam and I are over here talking about like psychogenic probes and Mad Blind Mountains, or trying to hype and up Phil modern just, horizons. And Phil's just like, "Who are these bozos I'm working with?" I'm pulling his beard out <laughs> one hair at a time. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I'm glad I'm oh. on the show tonight. <laughs> oh, Lordy. So, the two Forthosy cards that I chose. So, the first one I chose, we had actually mentioned earlier, Segovian Angel, the 1-1 one, one Flying Vigilant Angel for one, which tickles me so much because Segovian Leviathan, the 3-3 three, three Leviathan from, like, the Dark or whatever, was just like, why is this a 3-3 three, three Leviathan? Leviathans are 10-10s. Because Segovia is the tiniest plane. I love so the Segovian tilt shift Angel effect in the one art. One. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, you were saying? I love the tilt shift effect in the art. Makes it look oh, yeah. like a toy. The art is super adorable, too. And the flavor text is about uh, Warzel and Thomel, the first two planeswalkers. This is like a total Vorthosian like, gift. I love this card. It's <laughs> adorable, and it's a great one-drop for all your angel decks. It just, I don't know. It's awesome. <laughs> the second one I chose was Grave Shifter, which is just, it's a grave digger. It's a three in black for a two, two that, you know, brings a creature to your hand, but it's a changeling. And the reason I chose it is because the artwork is that iconic grave digger that you see of that dude just sitting next to the grave, but it's a changeling pulling the grave digger out of the grave. That made me like, I saw this. I'm like, Oh, that is a real clever way <laughs> to get a staple effect into a set that needs it for limited, but also just be a way to make somebody smile, right? Like, this card is great. I mean, whatever. It's a fundamental, basic, generic card, but it makes me so happy to see that reference here. Mm -hmm. Gavin, what are your Verthos cards? I've got two that I'm going to chat about. One is Mirden Besieged. This card just tickles me on so many levels. First of all, the card name is the name of a magic set, so hee hee hee, time spiral. But second of all, <laughs> it introduces a new thing, which is as Mirren Besiege enters the battlefield, choose Mirren or Phyrexian, and then it does a thing based on those two. This is, of course, a reference to the sieges from Fate Reforge, where you could choose cons or dragons, and you had one ah, of the other Ah, besieged, I see what you did. Right, besieged, besieged. So once again, another great joke. Um, I've, I've been 
throwing around maybe that we should make this like a now that we've completed the lings this should be our new mega mega cycle right we could do some more of these and look at famous wars throughout magic's history and makes different sieges so do it if anyone has any ones they want to see if it's like oh choose i don't know zendikar or eldrazi or or whatever um maybe that maybe there's something fun to to be done there why Um, would anyone choose anything other than phyrexian on this card because you want to cast artifacts make one one mirrors Right. Yeah. What if you have an? I mean, what if you just have an infinite combo? Let's you play a bunch of uh, artifacts. Oh yeah, I guess so. Right, because if you just have any like combo that lets you play like welding jar a million times, which I'm sure there's ways to do it, and you get a million mirrors. Well, you play the Brutaclad, right, and then you can turn all your mirrors into something else. Two two great reasons, right there. Infinite combos and Brutaclad. <laughs> and your second card. Uh, the second card I want to to talk about today is Ayula, Queen Among Bears. This is of bears. course the the bear the bear lord bear commander. Bear um, it's, it's, it's unbearable. And the the thing about this card that I I don't want to talk about the game text that much, except for that it's a really good bear lord. Um, and to me, this card just really highlights how working in Magic R and D is so weird and unusual because. This card was in Modern Horizons. So just follow me, if you will, for a second. This card was in Modern Horizons. After this card was in Modern Horizons, in Magic 2019, we added Goreclaw, who was a legendary bear. Okay? You following yeah. me? I, I know it sounds like time travel, but it's just how working in R&D works. Um, and we added it in, and we're like, oh, well, do we... Is this going to be the Bear Lord players want? We're like, oh, don't worry about it. We've got a Bear Lord coming out in Modern Horizons a few months, six months later or whatever. So we release Core 2019. And of course, there's all this feedback from people who are like, yeah, where's my awesome Bear Lord? Like, Goreclaw is a, is not the Bear Lord I wanted. Power 4, oh no, blah, you know, et cetera. And, and this is just a, a trap we have to be very careful about from our perspective um, where... We have to think about how players will see things linearly because to us, we're seeing everything at the same time. We're like, yeah, we've, we've addressed this issue. It's in Modern Horizons. But in reality, you know, you, of course, saw Court 2019 nine months before you saw Modern Horizons. And then from the player perspective, I think it's also really important to keep in mind that we, we, we know all this stuff and we have a lot of answers to, to most of it. But sometimes you just have to be patient and you will, you will get there eventually. So I think it's a good reminder on both sides of kind of how design and players can interact. And, you know, we could probably do a better job of thinking about sets linearly, which I know sounds so easy when all you've ever experienced is linear sets. But trust me, when you're working on six years of magic sets at the same time, it's a lot harder than it looks. Um and then from yeah player perspective, being have, having faith that, yes, we will get you the thing that you've asked for eventually. Um, and, of course, this card is just totally sweet, too. So. Yes. It really is Congratulations, sweet. Ethan. You got your card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And uh, my Vorthos cards are, uh, this one is a little bit weird. It's Abominable Tree Folk. Uh, and really, all it did was remind me of Abominable, of Abominable Snowman, of course, which was the intent. And uh, so I like that. It brought me back to uh, childhood. And this is one where the power and toughness of Star Star, but it will not ever probably be lower than, uh, be one or lower. Because even in the graveyard, it's equal to the number of snow permanents you control. Um, And the second Vorthos card takes us back to Alpha with uh, Pashalik Mons. Yes. That's uh, Mons's Goblin Raiders. Well, they finally have Mons. And of course... This isn't the Mons from uh, R&D, is it? 
Yes. It is, actually. Yes. yes. That, was a, that was a very not leading question at all. Um, yeah, it totally is. This is the Mons, Mons Johnson fame, Mons Goblin Raiders. Still works in R&D, works a lot on Duel Masters now. But um, yeah, he still comes by, play test, and this is a little homage to good old Mons. <laughs> yeah. I got to say one thing. Um, so a long time ago, before I joined this podcast, I asked Michael Yichow to go to Wati and see as many R&D people as he could to uh, draw soldier tokens for me. It was like my secret project just to get something super cool for my soldier deck. And one of those was a goblin soldier drawn by one Mons Johnson. <laughs> so literally, I have a Mons's goblin. And it's like one of my prized possessions. And when I saw the actual Mons card here, it made me so happy. Yeah. Like as a longtime old school magic player, this is a kind of nonsense i'm here for yeah that's exactly it i've actually played the mons goblin raiders uh mons's goblin raiders hard to say uh many many times oh yeah yeah i mean what else are you gonna strap to your goblin grenade <laughs> oh even before goblin grenade existed well i mean you know goblins of flarg and goblin sled riders and goblin balloon brigade goblin balloon brigade always made me mad because it was a direct like just strictly better card Next to Monza's Goblin Raiders in the same set. I was offended on the part of Monza's Goblin Raiders. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, uh, listeners and viewers, we hope you've enjoyed this show as much as we did. Uh, <laughs> it's been a trip. It really I hope, has hope been you learned about some new esoteric strange cards for your commander deck that you never knew existed before. <laughs> More than anything else, I really hope You remember true. that fancy Modern Horizons mountain that lets you shuffle your... <laughs> oh my god so yeah, we're uh, not going to talk about sort of blonde blah but we'll talk about Mistvale mountain yeah absolutely at length too and then now now listeners i know you've been waiting for this for now about over an hour it's time to take a mulligan let's Start talk over. about the mulligans that we use back in alpha <laughs> um so if you like what you just heard in this in particular Can we mulligan uh, this episode the rest of this show <laughs> Uh, other than the Mulligans uh, discussion, or maybe because of the Mulligans discussion, be sure to tell a friend, show them how to subscribe. Uh, we love it when you show all your friends our show because it keeps the community growing around Commander. And uh, if you want to support the show another way, you can leave us a five-star review, of course, or any star review. Just leave us a review and we'll eventually get to it and read it. Or you can donate something like a buck a month by going up to commanderandmtg.com slash donations. Uh, the uh, one-stop shop, if you will, for donating to Commanderin. Or you can always click the merchandise button and uh, pick up one of our fancy shirts. Now, Shivam, you like the uh, white shirt, the Stronger Together, right? Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's a logo. That, like, I can get behind White Mana and Stronger Together. That's such a good slogan. Like, we spend a lot of time working on the slogans for these to represent what we think represent the colors. Yeah. And I think you guys are going to dig them. They're really cool. Yeah. And uh, now our first of the uh, uh, blended mana symbols is uh, blue-black, which, of course, has uh, I have a response, even if it kills me. So uh, I yeah. like that a lot. I yeah. will never play Demir. I mean, I'm not Demir, but I dig that. <laughs> Except my zombie deck is Demir, so maybe. But you know what I just realized? You can cascade into Mox Tantalite. That's neat. You can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. 
You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. This episode was edited by Phil DeLuca. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to tech whizzes Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank and to Justin for the server space. And special thanks to Mike Condon, editor of the Brothers War podcast, for the guitar version of our theme song. We're also making a few changes behind the scene. We want to thank Tyler Webb for helping us change hosting services for the podcast. Tyler and his friend Chris host the Unformatted Review Show. It's an unfiltered, rambling look at a different movie every week where the only rule is, there are no rules. I've listened to many of the episodes myself, and they're two good friends talking about movies. But be warned, they aren't family-friendly so you probably don't want to play them around children or in stores like you do Commander in. Commander and MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. So on Twitter, you can find us at Commander and MTG, and individually on Twitter... We are at Ketjak, K-E-T-J-A-K. And I'm at Kirapuri Gears, G-H-I-R-A-P-U-R-I-G-E-A-R-S. <laughs> and I have a real human name. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gavin Verhey. What? How do, you, how, do you, how do you spell that? Is it like what QX3? Game is that from? Yeah, QX3420... H I tilde mark is, I believe, <laughs> how it's how he, the tilde mark is silent. You probably can pick yeah. up. Yeah, H I tilde mark. Uh, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, so, Gavin, as uh, the person with the uh, guest prepending or prefixing their their title here, uh, you want to take us out? Do I ever, Phil? Do I ever? <laughs> um, I'm going to take you out. I'll take you all out with a thought. Magic has existed now for 25 years, over 25 years. There's so many cards in Magic's history, and Modern Horizons, to me, shows off just how many different mashups and unusual things there are, but also how many strange cards there are from the, from the past. And despite all our talking today about the weird cards from the past, <laughs> to me, part of Modern Horizons is reflecting on those strange and unusual cards from the past. So I challenge all of you listeners out there, when you're building your next Commander deck, Go to Gatherer, hit random card a bunch of times until you see a card that you have never seen in your entire life with some wild effect and put that card into your commander deck somehow. Because what else is commander for than playing weird cards your opponents have to read? I love it when I play a card and my opponents have to pick it up and read it. It's a blast. Hopefully you can do the same. Go out, enjoy Modern Horizons, find some esoteric strange magic cards, and I will talk to you all soon. Thanks to Commander for having me on. Go back them, give them a dollar, or more dollars than one dollar. It's all worth it. Thanks for playing Magic, and I will see you soon, probably when we're talking about Magic 2020. Here it comes. <laughs> wow, thanks, Kevin. Well, that's a good one, man. Uh, Nothing like yep, uh, 2.30 a.m. to make you feel great about all this stuff. <laughs> wow, dude. Uh, thank you so much for suffering through this and coming and joining us. This was There's no suffering actually here. amazing. This is hella fun. There's no suffering here whatsoever. It's all smiles. This is...
legitimately hella fun. I'm in my hotel room. You know, you know what the best part about this pod, doing this podcast right now is? The people on either side of this room are who are Magic players. I'll probably listen to this. Like, I just got a free podcast. That Gavin guy is so <laughs> generous. Little sneak preview at Commander, and I love those guys. Shivam, he's hot. Phil, great beard. You know, like, everyone everyone feels this way. <laughs> I hope you're still recording because this is this is good material. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I haven't, haven't stopped, stopped yeah. <laughs> Mad Blind oh, Mountains no. and Phil's Hot Beard. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Sign it, seal it, deliver it. We're done here. <laughs>